Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Open your Bibles if you would. Yeah, I will. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We're continuing on with this focus on hearing and the importance of how we hear, what we hear, why we hear. My pastor, you know, well, this is like four weeks now or five. Yep. Glory to God. Four or five weeks. Faith cometh how? Yeah, turn to Romans, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Paul writes it this way. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Now, this is not articulated in the continuance or continued in this verse, but this is also a truth, a truth as well. Faith grows by doing. Say faith comes, say faith comes by hearing. Faith grows by doing. Say it, say it just by faith. Say it. It's not a harsh statement. It's not sin. Faith grows by doing. Amen. I didn't say it was scripture, but I'm saying it's the principle. Amen. So we, when we launched this series, why? Yeah, it does grow. It's just not right in that verse. It's not in that verse. Um, we started off with the parable of the sower and what, Jesus, you want to come over to this side? Right here, Valerie. Yeah. We have a spot for you right here next to God. Glory to God. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus himself said it in the parable of the sower to his followers. So he's still saying it to you and I. If you don't get this parable, you're not going to be able to get any of the parables. Now, the parables are all through the Gospels. So important. Jesus communicating spiritual truths through a lot of natural illustration. But he said that if we don't get the parable of the sower, we're not going to get any of it. So you and I, by that, just the fact, that truthful fact and that revelation should inspire you and I to have a resolve. Boy, I need to get this. Amen. Jesus used the words very strong, and we I'm not going to be redundant and go over it. Take heed what you hear after he gets done explaining the parable of the sower. So his, to quote what Paul said to Timothy, uh, Paul told Timothy, admonish and urge. <laughs> Jesus was admonishing and urging his, his followers Take heed, like put great value on what you hear. Amen. For in the measure you use, do what you hear, it'll be measured to you. Amen. So Paul, he follows up shortly later, some years later. He comes out and says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, the emphasis, importance of hearing. Correct? I want to read something to you. We're going to go to the book of James in just a moment. But I want to read to you what in my Bible, it's like a little summary about the book of James. And faith has everything to do with hearing. Amen? So let me read this to you and just wash you with this. I want you just to receive and listen. Faith without works cannot be called faith. Faith without works cannot be called faith. Faith without works is dead. And a dead faith is worse than no faith at all. 
a dead faith is worse than no faith at all. Because people have heard and have done nothing with it. Amen? Amen? Preach back. The summary writers, faith must work. It must produce. It must be visible. Verbal faith is not enough. Mental faith is insufficient. Faith must be there, but it must be more. It must inspire action. Faith inspires action. Throughout his epistle to Jewish believers, James integrates true faith and everyday practical experience by stressing that true faith must manifest itself in works of faith. Say that with me. True faith must manifest itself in works of faith. Continuing. Faith endures trials. Trials come and go, but a strong faith will face them head on and develop endurance. Trials come and go. Amen. Jesus said it. John 16, 33. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. He didn't say it's going to be all tiptoe through the tulips. Man, you get saved and that's just a smooth ride right on through life. No, he said there's going to be tests. There's going to be trials. Amen. There's going to be tribulation you're going to have to walk through. Glory. So faith endures trials. Trials come and go, but a strong faith will face them head on and develop endurance. Faith understands temptations. It understands them. It will not allow us to consent to our lust and slide into sin. Faith will help prevent that. Faith in what? Faith in the guidance of the scripture. Amen. Faith in obe- to the word of God. Faith obeys the word. Say that with me. Faith obeys the word. Exhort your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and exhort them. Faith obeys the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. It will not merely hear and not do. Faith produces doers. This is the summary in, the, in my Bible, the New King James that I have. This is all that the writers put in there, the translators and all that stuff, to help give the reader that's ready. Didn't even start the book of James yet, right? This is the summary, the preface. Okay, and this is how they wrote it in here and all the insights of into what James is going to address. Uh, It will not merely hear. It will not merely hear and not do. Faith produces doers. Faith harbors no prejudice. Amen. For James. Faith and favoritism cannot coexist. Now, again, this letter is to the Jews, primarily. James writing to Jewish people. But he's not leaving Gentiles out of the equation. It's for all, the church. Amen? Amen? So, faith and favoritism cannot coexist. Because God's a respecter of no man. Amen? Faith displays itself in works. Faith displays itself in works. Faith is more than mere words. Faith is more than knowledge. It's more. It is demonstrated by obedience. Hallelujah. Faith is demonstrated by obedience. And it overtly responds to the promises of God. Faith wants to respond to the promise of God. Faith, amen. 
Say faith wants to respond to the promises of God. Hallelujah. This is, this is a great warm-up. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Faith controls the tongue. There are a lot of you taking notes. That's good. Faith controls the tongue. Guys, that's huge. Because that little thing that's in our mouth gets us into more trouble, can get us into more trouble than we can handle. Or it can actually set the course for the peace of God, the promise of God to be fulfilled. It sets the course. Amen. It can bring peace into a home. It can bring peace into relationships. It can bring peace into your entire community, that little thing between our lips or inside our lips and mouth. Amen. That little piece of meat. Yeah. <laughs> that, that thing. <laughs> Faith controls the tongue. This small but immensely powerful part of the body must be held in check. Faith, say faith can do it. Faith can do it. Faith can do that job. Faith acts wisely. It gives us the ability to choose wisdom that is heavenly and to shun wisdom that is earthly. Faith gives us the ability to choose wisdom that is heavenly. Getting heavenly wisdom, amen? And to shun, put off, wisdom that is earthly. Almost done. Faith produces separation from the world and submission to God. Man, what a good warm-up. Amen? Amen? Let's read it to say that together. Faith produces, everybody, faith produces separation from the world and submission to God. That's a pretty awesome statement. It provides us with the ability to resist the devil. Faith provides you and I with the ability to resist the devil. And humbly draw near to God. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I'll be glad to say it again. Uh, if faith provides us with the ability to resist the devil. And humbly draw near to God. This is all in the context of the letter that James read. Finally, faith waits patiently for the coming of the Lord. But let me, it's active. Faith is active. It's working. Amen. Somebody in here uh, just recently uh, could have been Marlene. I think Marlene, you want to come over here? Come on over. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's okay. Marlene said it the, uh, the last time she was leaving. She said, oh, Maranatha. <laughs> Remember, Mark? The king is coming. Maranatha. One translation is the king, is the king comes. The king is coming. Hallelujah. Come on up front, Mark. Glory to God. Faith waits patiently for the coming of the Lord. Lastly, through trouble and trial, faith stifles complaining. Woo-wee. Well, let's read this out loud together. Through trouble and trial, 
Faith stifles complaining. That means like when you and I are getting irritated because the promise hasn't come and we're getting ready to say, I don't know. Faith wants to say, shut up. Ah! You know, it's like I do with the grandkids. Ah! When they start, you know, ah! and they, even the, the dog. Ah! And it, <laughs> faith does that for you and I. Amen. Now, let's go to James chapter 1. That's a good (laughs) warm-up. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's like every time, every month when I redo and I go back to Proverbs 1 for some of my personal devotion, the summary and the preface of Proverbs is like a treasure chest. I just kind of like, wow, I can't wait to get him back in Proverbs again. Hallelujah. But in James chapter 1, it addresses a lot of these things we've just talked about. But I want to go to particularly because we're dealing with this focus. I want to say urgent focus for the body of Christ. This house being the first fruits of this message. It's available online. It's not new message, but it's fresh. Manna was fresh every morning. Amen? Keith Green took a little different spin on it. He said, one of song, he said, you know, they were looking for different creative ways to deal with manna. They had banana bread, banana burgers. You know, he's just trying to create, you know, coming up with a lot of stuff. But starting with verse 21. Matter of fact, let's go to 19, please, Bill. Let's go to 19. If you, and I do encourage you to have your Bibles and notebooks. Verse 19. So then, my beloved brethren, this is following the previous 18 verses, which are very significant, important. Let every man be swift to hear. So then, my beloved brethren, Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. He's writing this to the church. Amen. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now, you can put your name in here personally. And we can do it as a church collectively. All right. Ray. Therefore. Or. Therefore, Ray. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And Ray. Receive with meekness. The implanted word which is able to save your soul. Well, why does my soul need to be saved if I got saved April 23rd, 1974 at 7.30 in the morning? Well, salvation is a daily, it's a 24-hour 7. It's an ever-increasing, ever-unfolding part of the walk of God. I'm being saved. I was saved, but my soul's being saved every day. It ha- and, and listen, my soul may not get saved on a daily basis if I don't attend to the things of God. If I don't prioritize God, guess what? My soul don't get saved that day. I'm not talking about my spirit, my soul. It continues in its, you know, the chick tracks when we first got saved. Um, who was the, uh, the guy that wrote those tracks? Bill Bright, Campus Crusade for Christ. 
they had a, a track, and it was so good. It was just they would show the human being and the heart. And they gave the picture of when you were on the throne and was all this pictorial little track. This is what happens when you're not saved. You're on the throne, and it's idolatry. When Christ gets on the throne, amen, the self is put in this proper place at the foot, you know, at the foot of the one on the throne. <laughs> amen. And it was a great pictorial thing, but I, my soul needs to get saved every day. Amen. It needs to get saved. How's it get saved? Titus 3, 5 said, by the washing of the water of the word. You know, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be being transformed by the renewing of our minds with what? The word of God. Amen. So he's saying, all right, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. And receive with meekness the implanted word. An important phrase. Implanted word. That literally means in the Greek, that which is deposited into you by others. That which is deposited, invested into you by others. Well, what others? Ephesians 4.11 ministry, particularly. And I want to say first and foremost, through apostles, through prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Amen? Receive with meekness. Meekness is an attitude. Meekness is a part of our character. Amen? It is a, there's a willingness when you and I sit under the teaching and preaching of the word that there's a, an absolute I'm going to say siphon <laughs> where you're drawing on the gift of God, not the person. It's not the personality. It's the gift you want to pull on. Amen. If there's an apostle ministering, you pull on the apostolic gift. If there's a prophet ministering, you pull on that gift. Amen. If it's an evangelist, you pull on that gift. Why? Because the evangelist is going to help impart something into your spirit, man, that's going to help equip you to be a greater witness. Hallelujah. Amen. If it's a pastor, pastor ministering to you, guess what? Guess what gets on you? The heart to love other sheep and to help win some sheep. Amen. It starts getting on you. The teacher gift comes, and I love it this way. By wisdom, a house is built. With understanding, it is established. And with knowledge, all the rooms of the house are filled with pleasant treasure. That teaching gift, that pastor teaching gift, or that teaching gift, which could be, uh, you know, that, that particular gift, man, it just starts filling the house with treasure. Hallelujah. And it's able to save our soul. Take heed what you hear. In other words, what does God want from in this house? He doesn't want us to go through the motions. And it can, it can, sometimes it seems like it's a fine line. Honestly, it seems like it's a fine line. Because we, we make a decision and resolve to do what's right. We know gathering with the saints is right. Amen? Yeah. We're not, nobody's twisting our arm. But at times it's like you get hit with the thought, oh, if I don't show up, they're going to say something. I could get a phone call. And that's, you know, that's not the kingdom. That's religion. That's religion. I mean, it may happen, but if it does, that's love. <laughs> Amen. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Missed you on Sunday. Not because you have to be there. Not because you're bound in legalism. Because we're in love with one another. Are you okay? Amen? There's legitimate care. So he goes on and says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be a doer of the word. <sighs> when you come to church or to the assembly hall, as the church. Carol's talking about revival. 
and truly revival starts in the church. In order to be revived, you have to have been vived. Amen. Where does viving come from? Hearing the word. Because viving is in this arena of faith. <laughs> faith worketh. Faith worketh by love. I'll tell you what, the, it's really so simple and yet complex at the same time. It's like an oxymoron, the Christian experience. Faith worketh by love. So love should always be our motive and faith the method. How do you hear? And how are we hearing the word when it's preached or taught? Do you come with an expectancy before you get here? And as, uh, on these messages for our worship team, it's there like uh, the one uh, Pastor Carl had prepared for this service was, remember, Jude 20, building yourself up on your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because our spirit will be more in tune with the, what the, the direction of the Holy Ghost. Amen? We can come in with good plans. There can be great and wonderful things to do when the congregation assembles. There's a lot of good things we could do. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is of the Lord. I like it when he writes the script. That means we can come in here with a, an idea. And the best thing at best, we have an idea. Now, we can come in with our plan and make sure it's executed. That can happen any church. Amen. Amen. Any meeting. You can come in, and there are purposes that that needs to happen. But I would rather be in the environment where it's a collective unity of faith working. Holy Spirit, we're absolutely, every one of us are dependent on you. Thank you that you qualified us all, as Carol had said. He qualifies the call. He qualified her sister, Patty, to fill a need. Amen. And here she is, responsible for all the millions of dollars every day for a business. That's a lot big responsibility. But yet she was asked to do this seemingly insignificant thing. But her response was, this is God's business. Over the years, we have, we have heard more comments of people that got involved in the children's area when they got the curriculums and they, they st stepped up and be able to minister to these ones that Jesus said, don't hold them back. A amen. Don't hold back these little ones. Suffer not the children to come unto me. Because at this level, they're getting pure word. They're getting undefiled word put into them at tender age. Amen. Not a bunch of junk to deal with. Think about the privilege and the opportunity to be able to plant the word and the seed of the word into these young ones. And the comments we would get down the road, which is a joy. And yet at the same time, it was like they, they would come up at times to Carol or I and say, pastors, I am learning more back there preparing for the kids than I do in the, in the sanctuary. And I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> Carol said she heard that for almost 40 years. They get involved and they get committed. And guess what happens? The anointing begins to qualify the called. Yes. They start to prepare, and all of a sudden, that's not just their own personal devotions. There's responsibility to prepare these mini teachings and, and get the whole thing down for the kids. And they go there, and they give it. And it, there's such a joy when you give. Amen? And the things they were instilling into the kids, they were getting a better grip on it. And here, it's like, what's up with that? Amen? Makes me want to go back there and teach. Glory to God. Or to go back there and learn. <laughs> he said this, be doers of the word, beloved, and not hearers only. Don't just hear the word, because faith worketh. 
If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he who observes himself then goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Let me just share this with you. Now, I, I, I shared it last week or two weeks ago. We can be in the presence of God and have a great time together, enjoying the anointing and praise and worship and feeling that the presence of God, hear the word preached, and, and just as an overall experience. I was going to say something when Carol was uh, sharing and exhorting and up there, but I asked somebody uh, recently, I said, let me ask you a question. And we kind of think that one thing that is addressed often in this house is the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Like, what stands out to you good news? Praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. And so I asked this individual, I said, what, what do you hear often in the house of good news? And what do you come, uh, you know, just leave it there. What do you think good news might be highlighted for? I was trying to find the right way to ask him the question. And he said, you mean like when you come to service and all that? And I said, yeah. He said, lift it. Okay. I, I knew what he was talking about. I said, well, explain, explain lift it. He said, you can come in the good news heavy. But he said, but when, when you leave, you're lifted. And I said, how about praying in tongues? He said, oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought, praise God. Better to go out lifted. Amen. Uh -huh. Yeah. Glory to God. Verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Not just looks into it and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the. Everybody. Work. Doesn't say a doer of the word, a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen? Look at that verse for a second. In your Bibles or on the screen. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. This. You and I have in our hands... The perfect law of liberty and freedom. And this perfect law of liberty and freedom has guidance, boundaries, and everything for our joy and for the greatest quality of life you and I can have on the planet Earth. This book. There's no other book like it. Amen. The perfect law of liberty and continues in it. So how do you and I continue in it? It's an everyday deal. I can give you some good advice. Don't eat physical food until you eat spiritual food. Every day. Start a new ha habit in your experience. Don't eat any physical food till you've eaten spiritual food. Guess what? You'll get, in, you'll get into the spiritual food a lot quicker. <laughs> yeah. Carol said, if, if medically you can handle that. But by principle. Amen? It, it, it's, I, I, Carol knows me uh, that there was a time I used to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm going to. I'm going to not eat physical food until I, until I study, you know, have my devotions. And she would, well, did you get in the word first this morning? You know, she just started asking questions. Did you, did you start doing what you were 
endeavoring to or, or talking about. And I'd be like, ah, now nah, I have bowl cereal, you know, have my coffee and all that stuff. And I, years ago, but but I began to throw the net out, so to speak, or cast vision for myself because I wanted to develop spiritual disciplines. And I thought, and now it's just that habit is life. But you know what? I can become ritualistic in it. You develop routines and habits in the, in the word and in the spirit. And all of a sudden, it, there, there's, there can still be something missing, even while you're doing everything right. And the thing that's missing, the element is that intimacy. That's why Benny Hinn wrote a book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. That's why a lot of people, they began to build disciplines in their life so that there would be that intimate time with God. Amen? Uh, brother, the dude that wrote uh, Practicing the Presence of God, a Catholic man. Brother Lawrence. Yeah, amen. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Guaranteed. That's a promise. Amen. We sang about it this morning. Ephesians 4.11. Turn there with me. Well, this isn't new, Pastor. Nuh-uh, it ain't. <laughs> Ephesians 4.11. I am so thrilled and blessed to have been trained with that mentality that one man, one woman doesn't do it all. The church needs all of the Ephesians 4, 11 giftings to help equip them. Amen? Now in Ephesians 4, 11, let me join you. Pastor Tim was just ministering on this probably now a month ago. But he touched on this and the importance of it. Verse 11, and Paul writing, And he, Jesus, of himself. If you look at this definition here, or you look at the scripture here in this translation, and he himself gave. But the transliteration literally says, but Jesus of himself. Just that two-letter word, of himself. You can tell that it's of him, these gifts. Amen? Amen? So Jesus, of himself, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers for this purpose, for the equipping of the saints for the what? Everybody say it. Work of ministry. What did James say? That you and I would be effectual doers of the work. What work? Right here. The whole body of Christ is to be involved and engaged in the work of ministry. Hallelujah. They're not called to be pew sitters, neck watchers, or spectators. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Amen. It's an involved, active body moving, doing the work of the Father. Amen. So for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying the building up of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God till we all come to a perfect mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ father has a goal father has a goal and that is you and I mature every day in the in our Christian experience it's not just for Mondays at prayer. It's not just for Wendy mid, midweek, midweek fuel up. Amen. 
Not just Sundays, Sunday morning only folk. No, every day. Say every day. Every day day having that, that experience, that discipline. That's what a disciple is, guys. Hallelujah. That we should no longer, and here's one of the results, that no longer are you going to be confused or in chaos. You won't be a child tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men. Trickery of men could be other believers. It could be people on the Internet. All of a sudden, they've got a new revelation. Use wisdom with people that have a lot of new revelation. The Bible gives you and I a guideline, and that is out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word's established. And I have a word that I put in there that's very critical. Credible witnesses. (laughs) Amen. Before I begin to entertain or begin to meditate on anything that's in the Scripture, I need to know that there's two or three credible ministries that are endorsing it and preaching it. Because Paul said, if anybody, an angel from heaven or myself, come preaching any other gospel than that which I've preached, let them be anathema, damned to the damnedest damnation. That's anathema. Damned to the damnedest damnation. Oh, Paul's so harsh. No, Paul's protecting the church. Paul's protecting the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Ephesians 4.11 ministry is to plant the word into the spirits of the people of God. Of course, you have your own personal responsibility as a student and son and daughter of God. But there's an onus of responsibility to be equipped for the work of ministry. And it's not you at home on you, just by yourself in your own studies, you alone determining what you're going to do for God and of God. Yes, he'll speak to you and he'll give you assignments, but they'll always be in harmony with the whole. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and wages against all wise judgment. How is it? Every part doing his or her share. Intimately integrated into the body of Christ. Connected. Amen? And accountable. Say accountable. So the fivefold ministry is to plant the word. That's every time. And listen, the attitude that we have when we hear and sit under the teaching and preaching is, is absolutely critical to the, what, we'll get, what we're going to extract out of that service. If we do it just out of going, because it's right, and going through the motions, we're going to leave the same way we came in. God's goal is that none of us leave the same way we come in, that we leave inspired, lifted, you know, encouraged. Amen. Glory to God. And listen, you can be in the lowest valley. If you're in the lowest valley, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you still assemble with the saints. Even if you're battling depression, you assemble with the house of the saints. You don't worry about that depression getting on the people. You don't worry about what people think about you. You get yourself to the assembly hall and get prayer, get fellowship, get encouraged and lifted up. Amen. Maybe get that demonic thing broken off your life. The devil hates us. Amen. Hallelujah. God loves us. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit are active doers of the work and blessed in what he or she does. That's what the Bible teaches. The people of God need to put great value on the word preached or taught for their growth, equipping and empowerment through God's ministers. I'll repeat that to you. That's a good note to write down. The people of God need to put great value, great value on the word preached or the word that's being taught for their growth, equipping, and empowerment through God's ministers. That's been lost. That's been, I want to say it this way. The respect for ministry 
starting with the mid-'80s when the stuff started to pop up in, in the body of Christ in charismatic and Pentecostal circles, when people began to fall morally, and there was a lot of things that was just it was in the moral arena of both infidelity and a wrong appropriation of funds. It devastated the body of Christ. It devastated the, the church in many, many ways. Because people put their eyes and venerated gifts rather than keeping God in his right place and keeping gifts in their right place. Amen. No minister is above the body of Christ and beyond reproach. The ground's level at the foot of the cross. We just need to understand our functions. Amen. So that we can all be fruitful and multiply. Glory. So we, need, you, we, and not just you, we all need to put great value on the word preacher taught. When Carol is ministering or Tim is ministering or Elena, when she was ministering that time, I was taking notes. Oh, well, I've been ministering for 44 years or 40 years now. I don't need to be instructed, especially by these younger ones. No, it's food time. Amen. It don't matter if that ox is one day old or uh, 40 years old, that ox. That ox got to eat. Amen. It's in life. There's a cycle of life. We got, I have, we always have notebooks. Why? Because God's saying something. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Truth is a revelation of the eternal word of God. All truth is the realm of I am. Truth in seed form. Please, these might be some good notes. Truth in seed form is fact. Give you something to think about. I want you to think about that a little bit. Truth in and of itself in seed form is a fact, a truthful fact. But remember the illustration of the seed? It was the mint. It's a mint seed. I can have a pack of seeds. Oh, there you go, Al. Pass that back, would you please? If, <laughs> praise God. More seed. And people are having anybody else? Praise God. It's seed time. Hallelujah. Glory. Eat the seed. <laughs> no, the Bible said don't eat it. Don't eat your seed. Be on a planet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can have a pack of seeds, saints. Tomato seed, corn seed, whatever. And if it never leaves the pack and stays in our pockets or on the shelf, never gets planted, it never produces what God wants it to produce. Well, it's not enough just to hear the word of God. You and I got to get it, get it into our spirit. Water it. Fertilize it. How do you fertilize it? Lord, you've been emphasizing something of good news for now a month about the importance and the urgency of hearing not only what we hear, how we hear it, why we hear it. God, that you, Jesus, you said, take heed. Uh, let me get the parable of the sower so that I can understand and comprehend all the other parables. Because, Jesus, you said it was absolutely the key parable to unlocking the others. So, Lord, let us take the seed of the truth of that parable and the truths of the things we're hearing each week to be awakened, to truly grow, to be equipped to do your works of love, grace, mercy, and all the fruit of the Spirit. To be, as we saw this past midweek, to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's our calling, to be ambassadors. Help us produce that fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's got to be planted. Truth in seed form is a fact. 
truth meditated on by praying in the Holy Ghost and reading over and over causes the seed of the word to grow. And then the promise or the truth becomes more clear. It's got to be planted. Meditating on the word is a way of watering it. Come on. You know, there, there used to be in the old gospel songs, give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Carol was just talking about it too. A lot of congregations now are trying to become more culturally relevant and compromising a lot of things in Scripture so they can have a big church and at least get them saved. I think God's more just as concerned and more concerned about quality than he is quantity. I think the things that are emphasized, and I appreciate it, and it's mostly Carol's been a, a trumpet here, holiness. You know, it, it's not the legalism. It's not putting your hair in a bun and wearing, you know, something from the top of your neck to your feet. Amen? We can dress modestly, bless God. Amen? But holiness, integrity, righteousness. Amen? Goodness, love, kindness, all the fruit of the Spirit. Where's the character of God? Loving the things. Purity. Oh! Amen? How about calling sin, sin? Oh, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Sin's offensive. Not addressing sin is offensive. Amen? Well, glory. Truth meditated on and by praying in the spirit causes the seed of the word to grow and makes the picture more clear. Now, you guys all familiar with the seed and what happens with it when it germinates? It cracks open and the endosperm, which is the beginning of the root system, begins to go into the earth. And it begins to build a root system way before you ever see a blade. Because the root system by DNA establishes a firm foundation to hold the stalk and the fruit of what's going to come forth. Meditation helps that root system get developed. That's what's going on in meditation. Hallelujah. No meditation. The seed's sitting in the ground, dormant. We got to get it cracked open. Because why? We want to harvest. Amen. Larry Randolph said this. He said, a lot of Christians today, they want to microwave Christianity. And he said, God's a crockpot. God's a crockpot. Not a cracked pot, a crockpot. It's a slow process. Because you know what? God's got all day to get there. Amen. He's got somewhere to go and all day to get there. That's God. In Florida, those drivers, they got nowhere to go and all day to get there. You can tell the Jersey drivers in Florida. Mm. <laughs> oh, but we're on vacation. Mm. Get out of the way. <laughs> I got somewhere to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. The picture that comes by meditation. That's when we, got to, we begin to see that promise. You hear it at first. Listen, when you hear the truth and you get excited, remember we talked about the sower. If I held up a pack of seeds here and it was tomato seed, it would show you a picture of the potential of what's inside. There's a lot of work to do to get what's on the outside picture to become a reality. Amen. So the picture is our title deed an earnest expectation. The picture of the truth of Scripture, the picture of that promise. Guys were sometimes, like Carol said, she said, and she's, she's shared that here in this house. Sometimes we're trying to get too much done. Well, if I can read the whole New Testament, and we put it, something on ourselves, and we're missing the... Let me read a chapter a few times today. Let me, rather than read three chapters, let me read one chapter many times. 
Brother Hagen used to say, it's like a cow chewing the cud. You ever see a cow chewing in a field? Huh? I have. We used to go cow taking, cow tipping. I grew up in a place where it was rural. And we used to go down to our neighbors that had cows, and sure enough, we'd tip them. <laughs> you had to chase them. Yeah. But we tipped them, bless God. We were a mischievous bunch. <laughs> Not tipping them over. Yeah, to push them over. And then they have to, huh? Well, very carefully. <laughs> then you had to watch the cow chips when you were trying to cow tip. Well, glory. Let me read this and we'll get done. I'm going to start again. Truth is a revelation of the eternal word of God from the realm of I am. Truth in seed form is a fact. That's a good truth for you to have. Truth meditated on, of course, by praying in the spirit and reflecting, reading over and over, causes the seed of the word to grow and makes the picture more clear. The picture that you and I see is our title deed and earnest expectation that what God has said has come to pass, is coming to pass, and will come to pass. There's a confidence that God wants you and I to have. And it, there's no shortcuts. Say, no, tell your neighbor, no, no shortcuts here. No shortcuts, guys. There's only one way the, the word of God works. Working it. Giving ourselves. Sowing into the spirit. And God gives you and I a promise. Whoever sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap life. Proverbs gives us another, or Psalms gives us another beautiful promise. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. Now, some people will delight themselves in the Lord because they have desires they want to see realized. <laughs> hey, you know what? Our motive might be a little skew there. But God would rather you and I at least endeavor to delight in him because guess what? Whoever seeks him shall find him. Then all of a sudden the strings of the earth, the, the things of the earth will go strangely dim. See, God wants you and I to have such joy and such peace even in the midst of a darkening world. Amen? But protect what you hear, saints. Protect what we hear. You are the gatekeeper of your ears and your eyes. The two main gates for all knowledge. Your ears and your eyes. Amen? Let's keep our ears and eyes tweaked and set for the right things. Amen? I'm going to stop there. Honey, do you have anything? Hey, please stand. Pastor, do you have anything? That? Hallelujah. <sighs> I hope you're being inspired to hear. I guess I can't say it enough times that there's a lot of voices that want your attention. There are a lot of voices that want our attention and are requiring it. But you have authority to determine the priority. You have authority to determine the priorities. Put your foot down. We need to put our foot down and say no to the voices that need to be slow up or even be quiet. Come on. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the precious truths of Scripture and Holy Spirit. I hope that today we're leaving with something. That this season, I believe it's a season of alerting us to the importance and 
of what we hear, why we hear it, how we hear it for such a time as this. Because, Lord, you want the things that are coming and unfolding in the earth, it's significant that we are, A, number one, connected with you. And that we truly are the benefactors of a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. That, Lord, more than ever, we now need to know the hope of our calling. The glory of your inheritance in us, your saints. And now, for the miracle power, to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. And then the stewardship of these things to those who don't yet believe. So, Father, thank you for the download, for the revelation. We love you. Let us be your light. Let it your light in us burn brighter. And Lord, may, may we truly be those witnesses with the good news of Jesus Christ and all we say and do. For your glory, for our joy. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Give Jesus a praise offering, would you? Lord Jesus, we praise you for the truth. And Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching us today. Amen?